0: Welcome to This Week in Photo. Bandwidth for This Week in Photography is brought to you by CashFly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot I'm here with Heather Champ. She's the co-founder of Fertile Medium, an online community consultancy, and she was also, if you haven't heard her name, I know people are sort of thinking, I know that name from somewhere. Well, Heather Champ was also the, the community manager for a little site called Flickr. Uh, as well as one of the co-founders of a magazine called jpeg magazine and she's agreed to come on the show today and chat with us about all things photography community and sharing and all that good stuff hey heather
1: good morning how are you
0: i am doing great thanks for uh thanks for taking the time out of your sunday to let me yak your ear off here
1: (laughs) it's my pleasure
0: This is great. So, you know, I gave a little background in that, that quick intro there, but um, I know that it's much deeper than what I just said. So can you can you just give me like, who is Heather Champ? Like, oh. who, who are you? And <laughs>
1: um, Let's see. I'm Canadian by birth. I live in San Francisco now. I've been here for about 10 years. Um, I fell in love with the Internet back in 1994 when I was working at the School of Architecture at Princeton University, and it sort of changed the direction of, of my life. And and since then, I've um, have been working in web design for many years um, and had created a, a couple of my own uh, projects. I um, was uh, an early alpha tester for a site called uh, Flickr, mm-hmm. and um, after the acquisition, I started talking to uh, Katerina Stewart, and then joined the team in Sunnyvale as the first first post-hire acquisition uh, um, after uh, Yahoo purchased it in uh, 2005 and uh, started working at Flickr. And I, I worked there for five years. Um, I was director of community when I left last year. And for the last year, um, I've started uh, an online community consultancy with my husband, Derek Powazik and so we've been Doing consulting work with with sites like Etsy and Tumblr and HP's Mac Cloud, uh for the last year.
0: Excellent, excellent. So community manager, so director, uh, director of community at Flickr. What does that mean? Because people throw that word around a lot, like community this, community that. Must have, right. a, must have a strong community. You know what? Right. What is a community?
1: Well, you know, it's really interesting because I, I've been to a, a, a number of of like. Uh, community unconferences or conferences in general. And and when you start talking to other community managers, it becomes very clear, you know, it becomes clear very quickly that that means many different things to different companies. Uh, you know, w- what community is, I think, you know, Derek and I have talked long about this and kind of what we have come to see community as is the bits and pieces of, an online entity that let members interact with one another, whether mm-hmm. that's, um, or not even just with one another, with the company itself, sometimes that, that there can be community in that as well. So in uh, Flickr's, with regards to Flickr, community was really something um, that was part, you know, it wasn't bolted on that you see in many instances now, but it was really part of, of, you know, Flickr's DNA from the very beginning. It, it's interesting. If you look at it, There aren't that many what I would consider public spaces on Flickr. There's, you know, I have my photo stream, you have your photo stream, and that's our community uh, in terms of the content that we share and and our interactions with people who come and view that. And then there are groups, and that's where people get together who have a common interest in something, and they have participation around that. Um, At Flickr, really the only public area was... um, the help forum where people sort of engage with one another and at times with with the staff, uh, with the team. Um, And so it's, you know, in in Flickr's instance, it really isn't community, it's communities, which is, I think, any large site. You've got many different people who tend to drift and find one another and and sort of create these little pockets of, you know, celebration where they sort of really interact. and, And that can be around an idea or like a theme like southwestern ghost towns, you know, people who are really yeah. interested in photographing those or um, location based. Um, uh, you know, there are, let's see, when I went to um, Birmingham a, a few years ago, I met up with about 25 of the uh, Birmingham uh, Flickr. People, we went out on a photo wander, and that was a lot of fun. So there, there's a lot of location where people are getting together in the real world, and then it can be collaborative in terms of, um, you know, what's in my bag, where people dump out their their camera bag or their you know messenger bag and photograph everything. So different ways that people are are engaging around that, and, and yeah. there's different levels of interaction or participation in in those various things.
0: It's just ways that people coalesce together based on similar interests or likes or dislikes, right?
1: Yeah, well, I think we as human beings really, you know, part of how we interact with one another is storytelling. Um, You know, whether that's online or offline, that is like a real common thread through, through history in terms of the stories that we tell one another. And I think what's interesting about self-publishing online and community is it's a way that we can get together and kind of share those stories, whether, you know, in photography images are very much about storytelling video as well. You know, that's a slightly different way, but it's these instances of, of a part of our lives that we want to share.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let me read a quote to you. This is from a, from a WordPress theme site of all places called Woo themes. They've got a blog up and they posted Earlier, I think it was earlier, actually it was last month, on the 23rd of March, A article entitled, What is a Community Manager? And I won't read the whole thing to you. It's really cool. It's got a, an illustration that I think you might enjoy. I'll send you the link through Skype here. But it, uh, one of the quotes they have in here it says, a community manager um, is a piñata. <laughs> it says, after being beaten with sticks, must still give out candy, or like a unicorn, has to fart glitter in rainbows. <laughs> so- is that community manager?
1: Uh, I know exactly. Is that it? it it's a a brain. And yes, it's divided up. That's okay, the so one. That actually is an image that gets satisfaction made. Yes. Um, and the the pinata part is actually mine from a slide that I made two, uh, three or four years ago. That
0: that um, is your quote. Wow! Yeah, look at that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. <laughs> Yes. Please. So you were the pinata then? <laughs> yes. Oh <laughs> yeah. I wanna yes. I wanna get into that a little bit. So okay. I, I know the pinata a lot of the pinata sort of uh pain came from censorship and the idea of what is censorship on, on Flickr and people raising flags saying, you know, Heather's being you know being totalitarian or whatever on the site. So let let's talk about that a little bit. what, what how do you how do you address those folks that that were out there just waving these flags saying you know flickr's wrong this is our space these are our photos what what was flickr's official stance on that or what is flickr's official stance
1: well i think any any healthy community um there's there's an ongoing discussion between you know quote unquote the rights of the individual like the voice of the individual and uh the right of the community and um, you know I think in in I think if we kind of step back and look at uh filters, sort of what became Flickr's version of an adult wall, the idea was that people could share an awful lot, but they needed to do so in such a way that was respectful of the greater community um in that uh in some cultures, you know um n- nudity sort of isn't really part of the the ongoing um you know what is culturally acceptable and so mm-hmm. what we wanted to do was was to create a way that people could still share this content with a you know with individuals within the community who wanted to see that so you know that the the shorthand is kind of um you know moderate content was you know what what might can what one might consider more artistic nudity in terms of you know bare breasts and naked bottoms, and then moderate con- uh, restricted content was you know full frontal nudity, sort of um, you know con- you know behavior um, that would be considered you know legal between consenting adults, and that's a really broad spectrum. I was going
0: to say that is that is Supreme Court broad there. Like what what is porn? Right. That it's right, that exactly. question. And, and
1: you know, like what's really interesting is. You know, I have a fine arts degree. Um, I don't, I never, you know, we never wanted to be in a position where we would have to determine what is or isn't an artistic nude. You know, that I don't think that is a. you know, and there are sites out there that do that. And, you know, that's a whole level of crazy that I don't, <laughs> you know, that we didn't want to get into. Because, you know, me having a fine arts degree, um, you know, I'm going to have very different ideas about what an artistic nude is versus you know, there are a lot of people out there now who that is, you know, the thing that they do is photograph um, a lot of women naked. And that, you know, like, whether or not that's artistic, that's that's a very different conversation. And so we created this system where we just asked, like, hey, go ahead and share it, but you need to flag it yourself. And so that people who want to see this content can see this content. So there are... You know, that's kind of where we came down on the discussion. Now, there are people, you know, there are always people in any community, and this isn't just, you know, the Internet. This is in the real world as well. There are people who who feel that the rules don't apply to them, and it's like, you know, but, but this is, is my artistic nude. I don't think that I should need to flag this, and I want everybody to see it. Well, we're going to, have, you know, bump into a bit of an issue here because you know, the, the community, you know, what we have set for the community doesn't, you know, th- that isn't appropriate. And so, you know, there were instances of, um, you know, there are continue to be instances of people who feel that rules don't apply to them. And so they can, you know, they upload their content and, and not flagging it appropriately. And in those instances, you know, it's brought to the team's attention through report abuse that somebody isn't playing by the rules. And, and, you know, that account is f- the whole account is flagged. Yeah. Um, and then you know, so people see that as censorship. You know, it's but that it's, happens. Like,
0: that happens over time, right? So it's the the way that I've seen it painted is that, you know, if you you do something wrong, Flickr's binary. You know, you 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 upload something, and the next day your entire account is shut down, and you can't get it back. Well, but that, that is that can that happen, or is that not the case? Well,
1: it, it so what's really important for people to remember is is um, Flickr isn't. Proactively moderating every one of the three million photographs, or yeah. however many it is today, you know, like there's not somebody sitting there reviewing all the content and saying, oh, you know, like you know, there's not a siren that goes off and you know, de- you know, whatever, you know, DefCon Five. Yeah. Um, somebody, you know, it, it comes through report abuse. So somebody has run across this, and somebody, you know, a member of the community is like, this isn't right, and so it let's say somebody uploads news and they should be moderate or restricted and they've upload them. And it can be that nobody notices, right? Like if nobody's viewing your photo stream or the people who are viewing your photo stream don't care, then that content can be on the site for a long time, not flagged appropriately. Yeah. But if let's say somebody is uploading their content and they, they, let's say they suddenly start putting it into groups and people are like, whoa, you know, this is, this isn't right. If, if it's flagged, immediately pretty you know by another member of the community um after it's been uploaded it could be that somebody you know an action is taken fairly quickly and i think that that's something that's hard to hard for the community to remember because then they start thinking oh well it's inconsistent right this guy has had their stuff online forever and never been you know dinged by you know the team and this other person like i just joined it's well it's because of your activity within a community, it just, somebody sees it and somebody else says, you know, um, I'm not appreciating the fact that you're not sharing this appropriately. So that's why there's this, can be this perception. And that's also why, you know, there have been times when, because of the way the reports are coming in, let's say there's somebody out there who really is, is anti-homosexuality. They really just like are not into a gay lifestyle. Um, But we don't, you know we don't have any rules about about you know like uh somebody's gender preferences basically we just everybody has to flag their content in the same way but if you've got somebody who's going in and reporting a whole bunch of content at one time that suddenly you know it, the actions that the team are making look like oh my god they're going after gays um that isn't it isn't the team's you know like and today is anti homosexuality day you know we 're going to take it all down it 's like you no know, somebody has been taking the time because somebody with their own personal agenda comes
0: through, yeah. and that
1: maybe that's that can be varying different things um,
0: that 's interesting so how how should Flickr be used because I know people People tend to, first of all, Flickr is not the easiest site in the world to get your brain around. But once you do, it's powerful, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's the, yeah, quote. I
1: think the new member onboarding is, is, you know, could
0: do. It, it could use some love, you know, <laughs> it could use some friendliness there. But once you get your brain around it, it's like, okay, I have a lot of power, I understand the community and all that. But a lot of people, even myself included, when I first started using Flickr, I would use it as almost my, uh, my, my cloud based hard drive. You know, I would, okay, I went out and I did all these pictures. I'm gonna dump them all into Flickr and see which one people like. You know, <laughs> let people rate the photos. You know, all my crap photos and everything would just go up there. And then I would sort it out later. Then I learned, uh, through several people that, oh, you know, it might make sense to just put the ones that you like up there. You know, one or two at a time kind of thing. What, what do you, like, from you what's the best way to use Flickr like just from a top level uploading? should you be sharing in groups? should you be commenting? How does it all work
1: oh, so the what I love most about Flickr is it's incredibly elastic um, it, it it can really become whatever you want it to be like how how you you are interested in sharing photos you and I. Alone probably have very different ways that that we share what we upload yeah. um, I think it depends it's it's interesting because you'll see and not just on Flickr but on many sites you know where people are uploading you know their own content like you know oh my god, I'm a fabulous photographer and I'm uploading all these pictures and nobody's looking at them well any any site you're only ever going to get back what you put into it um you know it's you need to you know, spend the time, understand, you know, where, where you should be sharing your photos, you know, you know, and, and part of it is, um, there's an incredible wealth of information there, and there's just incredible opportunities to make long lasting friendships and, and, you know, create this, um, you know, your own community of, of, you know, photographers who are really interested in the same thing. And if you, you know, um, if you want to upload, every single photo, that's cool. But people have very short attention spans. And unless, you know, unless I, you know, you have a really distinct personal bond, it's unlikely that, you know, somebody's going to take the time to look at every single one of those photographs. Um, And people, any site, anywhere, um, you know, not just Flickr, not just Facebook, but, but you should always, you know, the internet should not be your backup solution. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, mean, I just want to be really clear about that. Like, yeah. this is, I'm horrible about this. Like, my, my hard drive situation is just awful. You know, my, my backup solution are all the CDs from getting my pictures developed.
0: And, oh, no. Uh,
1: and, and I, <laughs> I, I kind of burn through a hard drive probably about every three or four years. I have hard drive failures. And, you know, Derek is, I, I, you know, I love him and he, he sort of keeps it going, but we've definitely, you know, moved to time machine and we have a much better backup solution because I've lost a couple hard drives where I, I've thought I've lost all my photographs. Um, yeah. it, it's hard. Like that's one of the, you know, archiving is hard, but you should never count on any site to be your your backup solution. Yeah, it
0: should be, it should be uh, any any strong backup solution should have multiple prongs, right? It should have absolutely multiple hard drives so you have redundancy on site, ideally uh, hard drives off site that are mirrored as well just in case someone breaks into your house and steals your hard drives. And then sure. if if catastrophe strikes the uh, the west coast, you want to have it in the cloud somewhere too. So <laughs> <laughs> so, do you
1: have a fire safe at home? Are you like my sister? My sister has a fire safe.
0: I do not. I mean, I don't practice what I preach. I just have <laughs> I have two hard drives that mirror each other, and some images right. go up to the cloud. That's it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's important, and and now especially with you know digital photography. You know, previously I have piles and piles of negatives for everything I shoot on film. Um, but you know, that's the one thing about digital photography is there there's no there there right yeah. there's no tangible results so
0: yeah yeah absolutely okay so let let's talk a little bit about this Flickr itself. We touched on it um or just the onboarding process, and for those who aren 't familiar with the onboarding process that 's the that 's the step by step flow that you go through when you decide hey, I want to become a flick a member of Flickr and you start moving down that path until you 're actually in and uploading photos you 're onboarding so Overall, Flickr has come they continue to come under scrutiny for not moving fast enough, not keeping up with the with the what's going on in the world with mobile and sharing and all that stuff. In your opinion, Heather, what where is Flickr falling down? Like what's the most pressing hole that they need to patch in order to make sure that they don't lose the, the lead that they have?
1: Oh, um
0: yeah, there's so many holes you can <laughs>
1: it's not it's just like I just I don't even know that there are holes because so first of all back up that um, you know so it's like it's interesting because even though there may not be apparent development going on
0: yeah, um,
1: that isn't to say that's not happening I uh, you know like I uh, there in terms of the engineering that has gone in Um, to make a site like Flickr work is best of breed and is, you know, like the the engineers and the ops people are just rock stars because um, if you, I don't know how long you've been a Flickr member, but I remember 2005 there when Mondays were awful. Like it was, you know, you know, I just remember by the end of Monday, everything would be falling over because the, the, there was a very different architecture, um uh and it it, the, it would be that with monday being the biggest traffic day you know people getting home and apparently on work time uploading their photographs um it was really bad and and you know Cal henderson and the other engineers spent an awful lot of time building this incredibly robust back end architecture of this federated um you know machines like the fact that you know, a site like Flickr can have so much content uploaded. So not only are there like over 3 million photographs uploaded every day, um, the site immediately makes five or six different versions of those for the thumbnails and the medium version and the large version, all of that. Wow. Um, is serving all of these pages is, you know, is is has multiple, you know, double-sided. Like there's a lot of incredible work that is done on a site like Flickr scale that just is not apparent to you or me, you know, like it just, it looks super easy. It looks like a really super simple site from the front end. Then again, we have to remember that, that people are really fickle, right? So um, you had mentioned, um, I guess, we'd been talking briefly beforehand about Instagram Mm -hmm. and, you know, other sites like color and, and apps. I think, we are really um fickle in many ways and we also like how we use things changes so i i don't know that you know Flickr definitely let's say i think the new member onboarding could be a lot better and and i think anybody who's ever worked at Flickr and currently worked at Flickr, I, I you know dear Flickr people who are there now please know that i love you and respect everything you do <laughs> but that was on the roadmap for a really long time you know we i think anybody who's know there works at a lot of you know there are a lot of work could be done around that. Um, mobile, um, mobiles. You know I I I've seen people taking a lot of pot shots at Flickr because of you know stuff like Instagram. But you know Instagram. Um, I have to confess I I don't use it quite frankly. If I want, and and this is my fine art snobbishness going to come through <laughs> if I want. And and you know you can hurl mud at me, but if I want my picture to look like it was taken by. A Polaroid camera, I'm going to go and take out my Polaroid camera. Like, I'm I'm, I'm not a, and Derek always kind of like, oh, you're such a snob. And it's like, I'm a bit snobby about filters. Like, you know, like, I will use a Lomo. I, I totally get that it's not for everybody. I know that it's super expensive to shoot on film. I don't like making pictures look like I shot them on film when I didn't. That's just my personal thing. But that's a really, that's like, okay, you can correct me if I'm wrong. That's iPhone only.
0: Uh, I believe it is iPhone only. Okay, I'm so you're, you're talking
1: about one platform, so I'm not sure how that, you know, like there are lots of other people who aren't using iPhones, though I I did see something yesterday that an iPhone is going to be then like the number one kind of picture uploaded to Flickr.
0: Yeah, I, I'd seen that did as well. Did you see that? Yeah. Yep.
1: So, so, it's iPhone, it's a, so it's iPhone only, you upload it to a page that's pretty much an ad, Right?
0: Yeah, like, it is an ad. That is so bad. That that is such. That's bad. Yeah.
1: And you can't comment or do anything. So yeah, that you that might be a mobile solution, but that's a pretty limited mobile solution. Um, and mobiles, you know, really hard. Um, it's an in- incredible moving target. None of the carriers play nice, especially in you know in North America. It's a it's a big disaster. Um, you know, it's that's it's a really tough tough nut to crack, and I think. Um, if, if somebody's building something where, you know, a lot of the people I know who are using Instagram upload it to Instagram, but it's still going to Flickr. Um, yeah. You know, I don't know. That's I, me. I have lots That's of what I do.
0: That, that's what I do. I mean, but the, shouldn't Flickr be there? Cause, I mean, like, going back to, I think it was Steve Jobs' last keynote when he made the comment that we are now moving towards, you know, of course he has different, different, uh, agendas, but he said we're moving towards post PC or we're in the post PC generation, which means that, instead of the PC being the primary way that people interact with data on the Internet or whatever, it's going to be the, through these devices. So that said, a gigantic service like Flickr that is primarily accessed through the web browser should maybe be turning their attention to these devices and building a best-of-breed sort of oh, UI yeah. and front-end on these devices and be, get it, skating to where the puck is going to be, you know, or where it okay. is now.
1: There are whole cultures that have completely leapfrogged over it. Laptops and desktop machines, like basically everything exists on a mobile device so absolutely I absolutely agree um I think Flickr has other issues that that may be you know not giving it the resources it needs to get there so absolutely yeah. um it's just it's such a fragmented environment though like it's it you know like an There's an iPhone version. There's a BlackBerry version. There's a this, you know, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. You know, like there's so many. Like I, I don't know that. Like it's 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 possible. It's I'm going to say it's mostly possible to build a web browser version. You know, there's still people who are off on you know this version of, you know, I e you know something from the dark ages who still want to keep that and expect a site to work. So for the most part, it works on the internet. I think there are just so many more barriers to what is mobile. Um, you know, so many carriers, so many different devices, you know, the devices keep changing. Um, and then.
0: But it's not going away, though. Is it? I mean, no, it's, I, I it's don't know. It's only going, going to—it's only going to get worse, you know. Right, as more and more devices show I up, I know.
1: I just—I think some of these things are really difficult questions, and it—and yeah. it's—I think it's super easy for a lot of armchair quarterbacks to sit back and sort of like, you know, lob snowballs. Yeah, um, there like, are no
0: armchair quarterbacks on the internet. Come on, <laughs> have, <laughs> hasn't your community manager experience taught you oh. anything?
1: That's right. That's People right. don't
0: hide in their basement and post comments. <laughs> They just don't do it. It Just doesn't happen.
1: Never, never. That's right. That's absolutely right.
0: <laughs> so let's 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 jump from the ether into the atom-based world. And I know you had a hand in creating um, a magazine called JPEG Magazine, you out, What was that all about, and what what kicked that off?
1: Derek's background is photojournalism, and I have a fine arts background. And I think we had both come from tangible the world of tangible print. Um, I had been working as a, uh, you know, graphic designer designing books prior to when I jumped online. And, and, you know, Derek had been working, been editor of the Fish Wrap, which is Santa Cruz uh, newspaper when he was there. So he and I both have a a love of print. And I think uh, in 2004, when JPEG grew out of a conversation that he and I had on Labor Day weekend, as we were walking the dogs around Buena Vista Park, I think we both realized that we were reaching, there was this point was was sort of being met with just-in-time printing, with with the idea that we would be able to self-publish a magazine without having to mortgage our lives, because a print is super expensive, like traditional print, in terms of, you know, the tens of thousands of dollars that you need to put into a, a print run, and then distribution is, is difficult, and you know we all know how the the magazine world is kind of flailing around yeah um but we had been looking into uh you know lulu was really kind of at the forefront at that time mm-hmm. and and the the price point was kind of bearable it was still a little you know it was, it was still a little pricey but he and i both wanted to kind of celebrate this incredible world of photography like just an incredible pictures and images that people were sharing online and we we what we you know both wanted to do was kind of have an opportunity to curate that and to 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 publish it in a in a quarterly magazine and so we um we we talked about it at that you know on Labor Day weekend and then started working towards, I think the first issue, Origin, was published either in December or January. And we started reaching out to photographers that we knew and respected as a way to kind of pull that together. Um, I love, you know, that was one aspect of when I working at Flickr. And the thing that I miss most, I think, is curating um, pictures. Like when I was posting to Flickr blog, I really loved having the opportunity to, to really kind of feature some of that work. And that was part of that that same sort of gene within me is something that I really enjoyed about JPEG was having an opportunity to really kind of curate that. Um, you know, we, you and I probably are very different from a lot of, you know, a lot of people. And, like, we live a lot online. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean that our, you know, extended network of friends and family live in that same place. And we wanted to to create something where, you know, you have a picture published, then you've got this tangible object that here's my work in the midst of others. Wonderful work. Um, and I think w- we wanted to sort of put all of this incredible work back into the tangible um, because it's it it's so ephemeral in many ways, you know this you know p- sharing your work online and unless you're getting prints in a regular basis, those pictures don't really exist anywhere.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Except floating, in our memories. Floating in the cloud, right?
1: Yeah, floating in the cloud.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was that was interesting. And it, it was the metaphor of, of the magazine to, for users or members of the magazine to vote on different images and then those, the ones that had the most votes would appear in the, in the printed Eventually, magazine? Actually,
1: yes. So, it, it, the, uh, J-Bag sort of had a, a life of its own. So, the first number of issues were ones that that Derek and I curated um, what appeared um, and then when JPEG sort of became part of 8020 that was something where members of the community could then vote and so that would then bubble up sort of what the community was looking at and then the what appeared in the publication would come from that pool of thumbs up photographs so you know that's that's kind of interesting and it and you know i think that's something in general that is a community feature now in itself and that people having you know thumbsing thumb you know liking things mm-hmm. on facebook or you know um thumbs up thumbs down on comments that kind of thing where curation becomes so important there's like life online is so busy and crazy that 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 we are more and more as members being given tools to, to kind of curate what it is around us. So part of what went on at JPEG was that, that curation.
0: So online, you know, just bringing it back into the, into the online universe, who's doing it right, right now? You know, we've got Flickr out there. We've got Smug Mug. We've got sites up and comers like purephoto.com. There's all these different sites out there. Um, but who's, who's closest to doing it right in your opinion? Well,
1: if you ask that question of many people, you're you're going to get many different answers because who's doing it right depends upon what your needs are. Yeah, um, I, I do. I I firmly do not believe that there needs to be one site to rule us all because mm-hmm. I I don't. I think we as human beings are multifaceted and and you know are. I have a great concern that sites like Facebook are really kind of turning us into very black and white individuals and and you know you are this you're you are this one persona but you know how i represent myself on flickr versus how i represent myself on twitter or tumblr those are all i can use those sites to represent you know the facet of you know myself that i want to within you know speaking to the tools i don't know like i still i'm i'm very much in love with flickr I, i'm in love with my community there i'm i'm um you know, part of where I spend my time now is I'm a huge fan of the Impossible Project. It's a a group of individuals in the U.S. and and in Vienna who are who've kind of picked up um, the baton from from Polaroid, who kind of let it drop and who are making instant films. So I yeah. spend a lot of time in that group on Flickr, um, and, and then every like I'm a big old camera buff, and every time I buy a, a, like a new to me old camera. I find the answers like on Flickr in terms of how to use it. So for me, Flickr is still the right, you know, is doing it right. Um, But I I don't know. It's, you know, I color, I don't get color at all. Um, (laughs) Quite frankly, if I'm at a dinner party and all my friends start pulling out my, you know, cameras, I know that the dinner is a big failure. So maybe I'm way out of the demographic, uh, but I don't, I don't get it.
0: Yeah, I have my own opinions of color as well. What I, are they? I, are you gonna share them? I think yeah. I think color. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm. If I'm in a group, I and of people that I know. say it's a photo walk. You're doing a photo walk, right? Um, right? I think it's the right tool for that. You know, there's a bunch of people that are out specifically to take pictures and document something or if you're at a you know a bar mitzvah or a wedding or something and you equip all the guests with digital cameras to take photos and then you think you can know, all share them and see who's doing what i think that's fun but i don't want to open up my phone and look at it and see pictures of my house that somebody else just took you know <laughs> right <laughs> i don't want to see that so i think there's some there's some creepiness going on there that uh, i can't get my brain around yet
1: yeah so. there's on the um Nearby there's nearby on the mobile Flickr page, and I remember the first time I opened it up in a place that I don't live anymore, and I was like, I realized I was looking in my neighbor's living room, and <laughs> yeah. I was just like, "Oh my God,
0: this is really disturbing, um, yeah, exactly, so yeah,
1: I totally get like events, but as a lifestyle, it also you know like unless you're in a very specific area where there's a high density people are going to feel really lonely. Like you're going to have a negative experience. You know, kind it's of like, like
0: not finding yourself in Google.
1: Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah. No, yeah, no, so no offense to the people that can't be found in Google. I'm not saying right. it's well, wrong. Well, some
1: people may, like Eric Schmidt, may not want to be found in Google.
0: Exactly. But, yeah. Or, or Dick Cheney. Right.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, so last question here. So someone's just getting into Flickr. You know, they're, they're interested. They know it's the, the de facto site for photo sharing. Um what do they do? I mean what are some tips that you as the, you know, I put you in the, in the category of power user, what can they do to sort of make sure that they're doing the right thing on there, they're they have the correct Flickr etiquette going on and, you know, just to get the head start.
1: Okay, so personally me personally I I I'm very, you know, I, I may unless I'm gone somewhere I may post one or two photos a day maximum. Um I think it's uh you know, I think what's really important is taking the time to add not only, you know, for your own edification, but adding a lot of metadata around that. Um, I use tags a lot just so I can find my own photos. Yeah. Um, I love geolocation information um, that I, right, when we travel now, I look at where we're going to get a sense of like, oh, we need to go here because I really want to photograph X or, you know, so adding geolocation information and, and you don't need to be, super specific about it so that people can show up at your door with cookies. Like you can you can do it in a way that, you know, is um you like know at in a city this, level. In this
0: general area right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Like here or, you know, like or just, you know, create rules. Like we um anything that's taken near the house is friends and family only in terms of the geolocation. So the really I think take the term take the time to look at and understand all of the privacy settings, right? Because they're they're pretty granular. So you can pick and choose what you share. And there there is a very steep learning curve in terms of what those are. But I think this is like any new site that you join. Really take the time to understand before you start putting any of yourself out there, um, what's going to happen. If you just start uploading content, you know, is that public? Is it private? Like, just educate yourself as an individual, not just Flickr anywhere, you know, as more and more of these sites. Like, march was crazy i i there were so many new sites uh and new applications and new sort of you know sites Uh, i kind of got out the back end of march like oh my god i'm exhausted i think i like lendle me is one i have a kindle and you know that was something and and recently i just suddenly realized oh my god i'm like publishing my activity stream from Lendl onto Facebook. I, I don't even remember setting that up. That was a bit of a, Ooh, I really wish I hadn't been doing that. Not, yeah. Just from like, cause I, I like keeping those streams. So it's like, I think we as individuals need to educate ourselves in terms of what's going to happen. And and that really onus, that onus is on us.
0: It's like any other tool, right? It's like your camera, yeah. understand how your camera works and you can use it better. Right? Or a car.
1: If you get into a car, I think, you know, luckily the brake pedals and, and the gas are in the same place, but you should probably know where the horn is and how to hit the emergency light and, you know, how to turn on the windshield wipers. Like, how many times have you gotten into a rental car and it starts raining and you can't figure out <laughs> how the windshield wipers come on? It's yep. just, okay, that's kind of, you know, so we need to do that. I think in terms of photo sharing, um, it, you know, like, are you, is it something where you just want to share with your friends and family? Are you looking into, you know, springboarding, you know, from a, point and shoot into a better photographer you know understanding that you will need to put some effort into that into you know it's not just going to come to you and that that's not just flicker that's every site it's not going to come to you you need to to take the time to do stuff um i think look for groups look for like-minded individuals Uh, and then when you join a group take that time to understand what the group's about before you kind of wade in and maybe kind of you know, pee in the pool. You know, nobody likes a loudmouth boar who walks into a bar and suddenly, you know, doesn't understand, like, oh, this is a really shishi wine bar where we do X. You know, we're not doing shots off the naked chick in the, you know, on the bar kind of thing. So understanding that, I think, is really important.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And
1: read the FA, you know, like, read the facts. You know, there's, you know, sites will take a lot of time or should take a lot of time to put information in there to help you. Um, I think, you know, you see people... Who jump online and kind of expect everything to be handed to them? And you know, sites are pretty complex. But, you know, a lot of time has been taken to to build these things out, and sometimes you need to to educate yourself. And then I think um, see if your community is already there. Like you know, if people that you know are already there, then you can kind of hook into um, hook into their you know what what's going on. You know, you may have friends or family that you weren't aware of who are already sharing photographs or or doing things and it's always lovely to kind of make those people contact so when you log in you can see kind of what's going on Um, and I I think that's you know um, and and know that you know there are lots of ways to take your content out of Flickr in terms of if you're if you're blogging or if you know you can share that content through your various online sites that you participate in there are ways to share that content. And I think that's really important to know how you can, um, successfully to, you know, publish that on different sites so you can p- pick and choose. You don't have to, you can set it that everything goes, but, or you can, you know, pick and choose what you share. And so understanding that, you know, you don't necessarily have to be uploading the same content across all your sites that you can, you know, there, there's a little bit of ease of use that you can avoid that replication.
0: I think that's a great tip. Yeah. You can pick and choose, like you were saying before, you can, you can uh play the role on different sites. Like, right. On one side I am the car enthusiast and the other side I'm the macro guy, you know.
1: Right. Yeah. Exactly. And, and you know that's what that's the beauty of life online, you know that we can that we can share these different aspects of ourselves. You know, like on Len, like so uh Kindle, you know, I have a Kindle but I'm I'm curating I I really fell in love with these just insane shifter romance vampire novels last year after i quit my job i just read series after series so i really curated like <laughs> i bet you didn't know there were so many romance you know shifter romance novels so like that on wendell it's not the sum total of what i read but i think it's a i thought it was pretty funny to share like here's here's this one segment um you know on tumblr i i share you know different kinds of photos and on, on Flickr i share this and on twitter you know is a very you know 140 characters might myself in one way um i think we have to keep fighting for that that w- you know we as multifaceted individuals need to fight sort of sites that want to make us you know in the long run that's not in our best interest it might be in their best interest and it might be in the advertiser's best interest but i definitely don't think it it's going to be in our best interest
0: um, yeah, yeah and i had read somewhere that that um Facebook and the the photos shared on Facebook had surpassed, or it depends on how you look at it, Flickr in terms right. of number of images hosted. Is that is that the case? And the way when I when I look at that stat, I'm like, yeah, but you know, if you look at it from a quality standpoint, and you know, if I if I if the people that I'm following on Flickr put out some crazy good stuff, you know, um, and then on Facebook it's more of, hey, look at me drunk at this trade show, you know. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, it's,
1: it's you know, Facebook is really. I think Facebook grew out of a different culture where it really was, you know, people that, you know, like it's, you know, it's, it's about friends. And I think in many instances, the kinds of pictures that people are sharing are much more about people in those photographs as opposed to gosh, like, I don't want to say fine art, but, but photography for the sake of photography in terms of, you know, um, one of the things I'm really enamored with right now is, um, I have a, a pin wide it's a pinhole body cap for my uh lumix gf1 mm-hmm. and so it it's allowing me to really become involved in digital pinhole photography that i would only really do in 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 film before and um I, I was out at fort funston with the dogs early week and i found this really weird looking barbie that somebody kind of had her sitting on one of these old wooden pilings with these bits and pieces of crab shells and you know like I can share that picture on Flickr and I know that people will look at that photograph and kind of, you know, understand why I was posting it. If I posted that to Facebook, I think my, the people on Facebook would be like, what the fuck? Oh,
0: mm. sorry. You, you, you know, can say that it's the internet. It's okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Being like, you know, like that, you know, they're more interested, you know, they'd probably be more interested in like, Oh my God, this is what I looked like in grade seven. You know, like I, I think it's because it's a different part of ourselves. So, you know, and I don't think it was until recently that, Facebook was actually keeping the high res images and, you know, and and I think, you know, smug mug is yet a different sector of, of photography, you know, that's paid accounts only. And I think that, you know, people are definitely using that probably more as a portfolio, not to say that people on Flickr aren't using that as a portfolio, you know, like I have a set that are my favorites that maybe I would consider that. I do not even know that that would be my portfolio, but do you know what I mean? Like it's, we all use these sites differently,
0: and yep. I think. Yeah, I, I I I totally agree with that. I use Smug Mug differently than I use Flickr. Than I use you know whatever other sites there. It's it's so that's the that's the magic of this, I guess, democracy or whatever you know. Right, that we, no. that we can we'll, pick and choose what we want and you know make a cocktail of sites that fits our body chemistry and right. then, you know.
1: I would be highly suspect of any site that wanted to be like the be all and end all for me because like that I just I'm. I, I don't think that's healthy, and I think in the long run, um, I, I'm not. I don't know that I'm willing to put that much um, investment into a site that may not that has proven not to have my best interest. Like I'm, I'm really suspect of any site that, on the term of a dime, can take like, oh, here's all my private content, and suddenly I'm going to make it public. Yeah. Like, like yeah. Facebook did last year, I I don't understand fundamentally how you can do that and show any respect for your community. Yeah, um, you know, you I think people who are making those choices are people who may not have had any you know slightly unusual life experience that maybe they don't want to suddenly have all their private content shared publicly. I, I think that shows. And in,
0: a, and in the end, I mean, people people have to. You know, understand the fact that when you upload images to any sharing site that's online, there's a terms of service that you're agreeing to. Absolutely. Which means you're basically just digital sharecropping. You know, so you're, you're leasing some land and you're planting your stuff there, but at any point the landlord can say, you know what, I feel like, uh, I want my land back, you know? Right. And then you're gone, you know, that kind of thing. So if you want true freedom, you know, you have to host it yourself. You know, right. And then you have true freedom, and but you have all the responsibility that goes along with hosting it yourself as well. Right. So yeah, it's uh it's an interesting time, Heather Champ.
1: It is, and you know, it's it, it, what it's been like fifteen, what were fifteen, eighteen years now. And you know, if you had you know said back you know to me back in nineteen ninety five, here's what it's going to look like. I, I don't think I would have. You know, it's it's interesting because with each subsequent bubble, we get a different idea of where, you know, people think things are going to be going. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, some of it's crazy, like what the 99, 2000 was all push, right? I think a lot of old media was looking at the internet of like, oh, this is just another mechanism where we can keep, you know, creating content and, and keep people as, you know, keep the great unwashed masses as consumers. What I love now is we are, you know, we have the opportunity to be producers. We have an opportunity to be the creators, um, you know, and, and having worked at a place like Flickr, I think, you know, we were jokingly talking about armchair quarterbacks before. Um, I think one of the things that always drives me crazy looking at how people respond or, or people really try and take sites down at the knees where it's so clear to me that they don't have a clue what they're talking about. Like, they just, they don't understand the complexity. You know, having worked at a site like Flickr, when I see another site, like, having, you know, downtime, you know, I just want to send those people pizza. Like, I, it's just like, oh, my God, I know what you're going through. It's it's awful, and, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to come out the other side. But it's, you know, for if, if you haven't had, you know, the opportunity to work at a, a site that's kind of working at the scale, I think it's, it's far too easy to judge. And,
0: oh, yeah. And people do. I mean, people... Oh, yeah. Yeah, they will, uh, if a site goes down and they rely on it day to day, they take it personally. And they will They will let, and that's the magic, that's the double-edged blade of the internet. You know, when well, it's good, it's, it's le- good, yeah. and when it's bad, they can also cut really deep, right?
1: Right, well, it, it's lovely that people are so passionate, but it's a photo-sharing site, or it's a something, it's like, it, it. you know, it's definitely going to come back. Maybe yeah. this is a great opportunity to go pick up your camera and do something. Or, hey, if you think you can do it better... Uh, go build it and they'll come
0: exactly. It's not like it's your dialysis machine or something, right? It's (laughs) it's like if that goes down for some unforeseen reason, then you know things are bad. If the photo sharing site goes away for two hours and comes back, then you know the sun's going to come up tomorrow, right? And people
1: and people don't enjoy that, like you know, that like if, if a site's down, they're not sitting around smoking cigars, eating chocolate, you know, and having wine. You know, it's on, it's just like I've been in the environment of when a site's down and it is so stressful Mm -hmm. and it is, you know, everybody's trying to figure out what's going on. And, you know, the engineers and the ops guys are just stop asking them when it's going to come back because every time you ask them when it's (laughs) going to come back, they're not working on making it come back.
0: Yeah. Uh, Those are the marketing people that are asking when it's going to come back.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs)
0: That's how it goes.
1: Yeah. Well, Such heather, is the world
0: heather where where can people go to look at some of the stuff that you're working on like those pinhole shots and and all that magic i assume on flickr but where
1: flickr dot com slash heather
0: oh how'd you get that name
1: <laughs> uh i joined in <laughs> there you go early, early adopter i you know I, I used to be heather at a lot of places because i uh i had been online so early but i've kind of i i can't worry about that anymore because it's porn stars
0: no <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's really bad that's his no. heads <laughs> out there right now are going oh my god
0: <laughs> that's his quote-unquote squatting on your name
1: <laughs> so um h champ i it was funny i was h champ in college and now i'm back to being h champ in various places i'm actually i'm i'm working on a a, a a new site where it's me curating stuff that i find on Flickr, but i haven't launched that yet
0: hmm. um, when's that gonna I, when's that gonna hit do we know
1: I don't know. I can tell you where it is and, but it, it's still brand new and things may move around, but
0: it's,
1: yeah. um, it's where is it?
0: Awesome. <laughs> of um, course it is.
1: <laughs> well, and, but it, it's, it's me, you know, I, I didn't want to, so my own personal site is hchamp and I didn't want to put it there because, um, I really wanted, you know, what? what I missed most about Flickr was celebrating the work of others. So it's, that's brand new. And it, 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 I haven't updated in the last couple of days cause Derek just got back from Thailand, but I've just wanted to daily sort of curate a little bit of what I was seeing on Flickr. And it's going to be a lot of analog and a lot of Polaroid and a lot of impossible. Um, pin wide, um, the pin wide photos are flagged on Flickr with a tag. Um, that they're awesome. I, I, I really, um, that was a Kickstarter project that I backed last year that, um, and, you know, that's something, that would be my one tip for t- photographers. Check out Kickstarter on a regular basis and see if there's any cool photo projects going on. Um, yeah. The Glyph was one, you know, the tripod for the iPhone 4. Yeah, yeah. And I got on a, on that, and, and I haven't used it as much, but the Pinwide. Um, I love that photographers are coming up with really interesting projects and getting back to do it. Um, the Pinwide was one of those. It, it showed up a, maybe about a month ago. And I'm, I really have fallen in love with that. And Worldwide Pinhole Photography Day is April 24th this year. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I um, can't remember the URL, but that's, uh, I've participated, I think, in the last, gosh, eight Worldwide Pinhole Photography Days. That's a, that's a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to doing that, to and going out and taking pictures.
0: And then are you, you're on Twitter too, right?
1: I am. I'm hchamp on Twitter.
0: Cool. And we'll link to all this in the, the oh, show notes you. for this. But it's always good to hear it from you. This is cool. This has been a really good interview. And oh, I, thank I've you been, so much. I've been looking forward to, to speaking with you forever on the show. Um, and
1: So we. Yeah, I just want to say, you and I had lunch. Uh, and I want you to assure people that I'm not seven feet tall, painted red, and have horns like the devil. You,
0: you do not. They are green horns. I <laughs> would like to say <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Heather is a very nice person, uh, and it was a very nice lunch. Yeah, and I, uh, yeah, that all that stuff that 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 was going on. I don't know, back in two thousand seven, two thousand eight, censorship, all this crazy stuff is blown completely out of proportion. And I think people should just do their homework and and read up and find out what the real deal is.
1: Yeah, it's you know, I I think where it all comes from a place of passion, and I I think that's wonderful. Um, I think people have to realize that there are times that that passion can go a bit awry. Um,
0: yeah, when people when people say that, my uh, <laughs> passion is great, but, you know, suicide bombers also are very passionate. <laughs> so, you know, it, could, it depends on where the passion is directed. You know, right. it's uh, it could be good or bad. So, this has been great. Heather, thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming on this week in Photo. It my pleasure.
1: And, uh, and have a great day.
0: You will you will have to come on the show as a host at some point if you're up for it.
1: I would love that. Absolutely, oh. I promise not to swear though.
0: You're allowed to swear. Don't be shy. You know, <laughs> swear while you can until the internet is regulated. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah, right.
1: but I yeah, I don't want it to be my voice is the one that you know some dude in Washington's like, listen to this spotty mouth.
0: I could see it now, yeah, in front of a Senate subcommittee, Heather Champ swearing in.
1: <laughs> yeah, swears, literally swearing <laughs> in.
0: <laughs> awesome. And on that note, thanks Heather.